You're listening to The Tarot Diagnosis. I'm your host, Shannon. I'm a licensed psychotherapist, and I also happen to have a love for tarot. Each episode, I invite you to reflect with me as I work to demystify the tarot and the human experience, all while exploring tarot's connection to mental and emotional health. While this podcast may feel therapeutic, it is not meant to take the place of psychotherapy. So grab your cards and join me as I work to create a pathway to better understand ourselves and those around us. I wanted to spend some time with you all reflecting on the paradox of growth and change. I know it's not just me going through this significant change or shift because I have noticed that so many of you are going through one as well. And it's been really fascinating and makes me wish that I knew more about astrology and the energy of planets and how all of that seems to align and create these universal experiences and synchronicity. Something else I've realized is that I have unintentionally been talking about the major arcana in order the last few episodes. I I had intentionally started the first solo episode with The Fool, but other folks have, have noticed that I've kind of been going in order. So it made sense that I I also found myself thinking about the high priestess and how that energy exists within the paradox of growth and change. There's a there's a real enigmatic nature to the high priestess that is similar to times of change and growth. So it made sense that that energy should be present as I reflect and really work to shed some light on the intricate interplay of change and growth, knowledge and mystery and silence and expression. And it just seems to be a paradox that we all are existing in right now. To be honest, I rarely think about the high priestess because I rarely pull the card. So it's been nice to kind of invite that card into my reflections the past few days and really see what I can, what I can discover and what I can feel. And One aspect that I picked up on and immediately kind of gravitated towards was the duality inherent in the high priestess because the duality or the concept of duality is also very much present within the concept and experience of growth and change. So change often represents a paradoxical duality in itself because it can bring both comfort and discomfort. On one hand, change holds the potential for growth and innovation and new opportunities and experiences and feelings. It can ignite really deep personal and relational transformations or progress within society or groups and really challenge personal and societal status quos. Change embodies this dynamic nature of life, which leads to adaptability and resilience and ultimately evolution. But On the other hand, change often triggers uncertainty and fear and resistance. Change really, change and growth really disrupt the familiarity and the stability that as humans we are naturally seeking, which ends up forcing us to confront the unknown. And the paradox here emerges from the simultaneous desire for the positive outcomes of change and our resistance to it. We yearn for growth and improvement, yet we cling to the comfort and security of the familiar, which then creates a type of tension that is both profound and incredibly challenging. 
It reminds me of the psychological concept of homeostasis that suggests that we often strive for a state of equilibrium, resisting change that could disrupt our internal balance. And this resistance stems from our preference for stability because stability provides a sense of predictability. But true personal growth really necessitates stepping outside of that comfort zone and choosing to embrace change. But we have to remember that change comes with a lack of predictability and we have to be willing to accept that. And this paradox deepens when we recognize that growth and healing require discomfort. It's an essential component of it because to grow, we we have to challenge our, our beliefs. We have to challenge the way that we've been existing. We have to challenge the way that we show up for ourselves and others. And similarly, healing necessitates facing our pain and unraveling our layers and complexities of emotional baggage and thoughts and the narratives that we have or the different parts of us that we haven't fully embraced or even gotten to know yet. But when we start to embrace that discomfort, that's when we really get to discover our true strength and our inherent resilience and our capacity for transformation. Because the high priestess serves as a bridge between our conscious and our unconscious, we can think about it in terms of having an innate desire and need to change or grow or move in a different direction, but also feeling the gentle lull of comfort and familiarity holding us steady where we are. Because consciously, we may not want to experience the fear of the unknown and instead make choices that that keep us where we are even though the wisdom of our unconscious is urging us to grow and evolve and do something different. Often we'll look at the moon that's present within the archetype of the high priestess as depicting the unconscious, but right now it's making me think about the power the moon has over the ocean and how growth and change is like water. And the element of water is often associated with the archetype of the high priestess. Recently, in, in our latest book club, actually, in the symposium, we, we somehow got on the topic of water and it got me thinking, sometimes water is so soft and light and holds us while rocking us gently and allows us to really float effortlessly. And other times it is absolutely relentless and it's thrashing about and we can barely stay afloat or keep our head above water. The need for some level of acceptance of that paradox is so important in the growth and healing process. Because sometimes when we are growing or healing, we are going to feel held and rocked and lulled and sung to by the process. And other times, we're going to wonder where the hell we are, how the hell we ever thought this was a good idea to even head in this direction, (laughs) and want to run backwards. And this is why when you start therapy, your therapist might look at you and say, things might get worse before they get better. We see this idea depicted so beautifully in the Six of Swords. The water is so calm and gentle on one side and rough and full of a lot of energy on the other. And we need to keep in mind that rough waters aren't always times of despair. 
Sometimes the rough waters are just times our growth is being tested, times when we're faced with a stimulus and having to learn how to navigate that. This is where response versus reaction tendencies are really getting tested. Sometimes healing, growth, and change means that we're also experiencing conflict within ourselves. Think about the two pillars in the high priestess, the personification of paradox, really. One pillar represents one idea, feeling, or experience, and the other pillar, some other opposite or unrelated idea, feeling, or experience. And then perhaps we're in the middle, existing between the both of them. And the energy of the high priestess is really just inviting us not to choose between one or the other, but to allow ourselves to exist within the space of them both. And I think we can see that in the Six of Swords. It looks like we're maybe in the rough waters and trying to head towards the calm waters, but maybe we're just closer to the rough waters, but really we're existing in between the both of them. Going back to the High Priestess, the most important part of this card, I think, is the curtain between the two pillars. A really important space that reminds me of one of my favorite quotes from a renowned psychiatrist and Holocaust survivor, Viktor Frankl, who said, quote, between stimulus and response, there is a space. And that space is our power to choose our response. And our response lies our growth and our freedom, end quote. When I think about the space between stimulus and response, I think about silence and I think about stillness. Silence holds great power, both positive and negative. And the high priestess really reminds us of that potency. I've always felt like this card was saying so much while saying absolutely nothing at all. The high priestess really understands the value of that silence and how much power exists within that space. I'm reminded of times, even during periods of my own healing journey, when the way I responded or engaged with people was starting to change. And how, while I've learned and discovered so much about myself the people and the people around me, there are times that to speak about that growth and discovery would have likely caused a disruption for myself and them, especially if the people I wanted to share with were not at a place in their own journey to be able to receive or accept me and, and my discoveries and my change and my growth. And this can be really painful because we often want to be able to share that with the people who are closest with us, or we want to be able to confront the people from whom we're healing from. And yet sometimes we can't do either of those things. I think silence itself is a paradox in relation to this discussion, because when it comes to change, we might be used to responding and reacting that giving someone else space or giving ourselves space, you know, this, this moment to consider, a moment to truly listen to understand instead of listen to respond can feel jarring and so uncomfortable. But at the same time, it's exactly what is needed. And to take that further, I mean, we exist in a society that is just characterized by constant noise and chatter. And yet the high priestess emphasizes the value of quiet reflection. I think the energy of this card speaks to how within silence or purposeful pauses that we can really hear our innermost thoughts and needs and desires. By embracing that space between stimulus and response, we create room for growth, introspection, self-discovery, discomfort. And the high priestess teaches us that growth is not always found in loud proclamations, but most often in those quiet pauses. 
of our own in our world. I think the high priestess also acknowledges that these purposeful pauses and moments of silence, even though they're necessary for growth and change, won't always reveal important truths. I think that's where true growth can emerge because when we learn to recognize that not everything can be fully understood or dissected or explored or have an answer, that's when we're given this sense of freedom and this this true sense of comfort within our own personal growth. I feel like I've been talking a lot about symbolizing the interconnectedness or the intersection of opposing forces and and how the high priestess embodies the delicate dance between aspects of our psyche and the effects the paradox of change has on our mental and emotional well-being. And, And it has me thinking about vulnerability and strength, light and shadow, acceptance and rejection. And I think acceptance and rejection is probably one of the most profound aspects of growth and change and one that maybe we don't talk about as much. And I feel like I want to pull a card to that. So let's see. Nine of Cups. So Nine of Cups for acceptance and rejection as we explore the paradox of growth and change. You know, it's interesting because I think it's, and I have this conversation so much with folks But it's so natural to outgrow certain relationships and social circles. Our personal evolution and healing journey can lead us to develop new interests or different values and goals. But I think most importantly, it changes the lenses through which we view the world around us. And I feel like the Nine of Cups is really speaking to that. And often when there's this shift in our perspective or priorities, That can lead to a sense of emotional distance or even physical distance from the people that we once surrounded ourselves with. And with the Nine of Cups, I think, you know, we often think about satisfaction and accomplishment because that's the traditional meaning of the card. And we think about those same ideas when we think about growth and change. So it's it's fitting that it showed up and that energy very much exists. But I think something that is more realistic and important to acknowledge is that while we've gained these nine cups on our journey through growth and change, the reality is that that means we've probably lost a few along the way. I think when we're talking about healing and growth and change, it's so easy for us to talk about these nine cups and and have them on display and say, ah, yes, I got this here and I got that there. And let me polish this one up because I'm really proud of it. And we don't reflect on the cups that we had to maybe give away or that we had to say goodbye to or that we had to bury or or shatter completely. Now I'm thinking about the five of cups <laughs> and, and maybe cups that we had to toss into the river and watch float away. And I, I don't want to be a downer here, but I do think it's important to note that that energy exists here. And I don't think the nine of cups is, is implying that once you experience growth and change, you're completely isolated or lonely. I just think it's suggesting that as we evolve, it's important to acknowledge kind of where where we were and where we've come from and that process. And also not to just stand still and say, oh, look what all I've done, but more so, okay, well, now it's time to seek out new connections and communities and find out 
who or what aligns with this new sense of self. I think it really encourages us to embrace the process of change while also remaining open to forming new relationships and also nurturing the ones that already exist. And I think maybe that's something else that this nine of cups can represent. Perhaps those nine cups are the celebration of maybe values or priorities or relationships or folks who have been able to witness your growth and cheer you on and maybe grow alongside of you. And and who, who wouldn't love some appreciation? I think that's one thing, especially when I'm doing couples work, we don't share how much we appreciate each other enough. And it's so easy to let ego get in the way and claim you know, all of our growth or change or success as our own. But the reality is, sure, maybe you did all the work, but there are so many people and experiences that existed along the way, whether that's books you've read or relationships that have given you little nuggets of wisdom or people who have held your hand or hugged you during really difficult times. And yet I go back to paradox. (laughs) And how one of the most painful paradoxes of growth and healing is that inevitable loss. And not only is that loss people around us or relationships or values, but that loss is sometimes the loss of our former self. And I think it's worth spending some time reflecting on that too. Perhaps this nine of cups is nine versions of ourself before we are or before we got to where we are today. That's an interesting thought. So I find myself reaching for the high priestess card again. And I, I'm thinking about how each time we experience change, it's almost like we have a metaphorical meeting with the high priestess. And we go to the high priestess and we share the knowledge and the wisdom and the experience and the stories that we gained along the way. Along with any pain, heartbreak, discomfort, joy, revelation, pleasure. And I feel like all of that gets recorded into her Torah or or maybe her Torah is our own personal journey book. And then we get to take one step up the ladder towards self-actualization because whatever experience we just had led to growth and change and, and gave us this kind of metaphorical peek behind the high priestess's curtain. So now we have the ability to take that next step or seek out that next experience. And, you know, there's a level of fool's energy present here. And it feels, <laughs> it feels very fool's energy, but feels very fool if, if the fool was very grounded and esoteric. <laughs> now I feel like I need to spend time with the fool and the high priestess together. <laughs> but maybe that is actually a reflection on how multifaceted and, and complex we are as human beings. It's really important to remember that not only is our growth not linear, it's not limited to a single dimension. It occurs on multiple levels, both simultaneously and not simultaneously. It's, it can be physical, emotional, mental, spiritual, and each dimension interacts with and influences the others. And eventually we end up with this really kind of creative web of interconnectedness that shapes our growth and our healing journey and allows us to kind of sprawl out. And I feel like now I'm going back to the nine of cups because, you know, I kind of 
alluded to this idea of losing parts of ourself and becoming a new version and maybe showing off the different parts of ourselves that we once were with maybe this a sense of pride or accomplishment. Like, look at all these phases I went through. And I feel like even though change tends to put those versions of ourself on display or even challenge our notion of identity in the first place, it really is through the energy of that nine of cups kind of embracing and being willing to display that or even adapt to the change that we're really allowed and and give ourselves permission to experience that personal growth and and change and healing that we all long for. And I feel like that's when we are maybe the most authentic versions of ourselves. So now I land on this idea that maybe the high priestess is not so much a feeling or experience as it is a space or a place that we go to. Thank you so much for listening to The Tarot Diagnosis. You can follow us on Instagram and TikTok under the handle at The Tarot Diagnosis and join us while we pull daily cards and explore tarot and mental health in between podcast episodes. You can also subscribe to our podcast to make sure that you never miss an episode. If you have a topic or question that you'd like for us to explore on the podcast, you can contact us directly on our website, www.thetarotdiagnosis.com.